You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof Radio. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Today is a special upgrade spotlight where I go in and I look with the creator of a product about something new that's happening in the world of biohacking and the world of having control of our own biology. And I've been pretty interested in skin. How do you keep your skin looking young? You want it to be functional, resilient, and basically it's an organ. You want it to stay young as much as you want your liver and your heart and your brain to stay young. And it's not just about cosmetics, it's about actual functionality. So you also know I'm really into peptides and I've written about them in my books. I've used a ton of peptides, talked about them a lot. So how about we go deep on skin and peptides with the founder of One Skin? Her name is Carolina Rees Oliveria. And well, you might imagine that she might be from South America, which she is. Uh, She's the CEO and founder of One Skin and moved to Silicon Valley in 2016 to look at disruptive skin rejuvenation technologies. And she only has a PhD in immunology and degrees in biochemistry, stem cell biology, and tissue engineering. So she barely made the standard for the show, but I decided I'd let her on. (laughs) Carolina, thanks for bringing your big brain to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, Dave. You sent me a couple uh, bottles or I suppose delivery system canister things of uh, one skin a few months ago. And I'm going to admit people send me a lot of stuff, like like way more than I could probably ever use. But I read through your materials and said, this sounds interesting. And I really, really like uh, one skin and it's it's been working well. And you talk a lot about new peptides and things that you've patented and all. So there's enough new science here that I wanted to talk about it with people. And, and guys, the, the purpose of Spotlight episodes is to ask a lot of questions about stuff so we can be appropriately skeptical and figure out if it's real and whether it's going to work. And I'm a guinea pig, but I also want to know why it works. And that's why Carolyn is here. So peptides in skin. Uh, tell me about what your specific, well, you have more than one, but your specific rock star peptide is and how you came about discovering it. Yeah, sure. So peptides in skin. Uh, tell me about what your specific, well, you have more than one, but your specific rock star peptide is and how you came about discovering it. Yeah, sure. So how we came about discovering it, let's start there. Um, when we started the One Skin, uh, initially we decided to test if anti-aging products available in the market if they were really promoting any rejuvenation effect. Because we have this expertise in tissue engineering and skin biology, we can grow human skins in the lab and we can simulate the skin aging. And then we can test any product that's available and see and measure if those products are changing the skin biological age. We can talk more about about biological age later. 
But basically, what we realized during this process is that most of the product, they don't really reverse the age of the skin. They can improve the appearance of your skin, make your skin plumper, more hydrated, but they are not effective uh, rejuvenating the skin. So we also learned on the other hand about this new science of longevity, about understanding the root cause of aging. What are the main mechanisms that are behind uh, aging that are really driving aging in the skin? And one of them that has got a lot of attention the past few years, uh, you are probably familiar, familiar with, is the accumulation of damaged cells, also called the senescent cells or zombie cells. In zombie cells in my books, right? Senescent cells is the yeah. right word. And this happens in your skin, on your face. In, right? in your whole body, but primarily on your face because you have more exposure. You, you are you know, exposed to UV radiation, but also uh, uh, several environmental stressors. And, uh, and basically, we saw a lot of other companies in this longevity space searching for new molecules that would decrease the accumulation of senescent cells in different parts of your body, intending to avoid or to treat age-related diseases. And we didn't see anyone using the same approach to target skin aging, as you well point out, like it's our largest organ and it's definitely accumulating a lot of senescent cells, which can also compromise our overall health. So we decided to develop a screening platform to test like over a thousand different peptides until we found the one that has the highest or the, the greatest ability to decrease the accumulation of senescent cells. Uh, so that's how we got to this peptide that we call OS1. Um, so you tested a thousand different substances. Correct. Yeah. At least like a thousand okay. different peptides, plus a lot more in terms of other molecules that were already, you know, described in other papers or even present in other products. Okay, so you went through and you did the same research anyone listening could do with you know months of work and enough education, and you read all the papers that said, oh, look, this has an effect. Uh, for instance, something like methylene blue. I've been talking for years about how I put a few drops of that in um, the stuff that I use, which also has GHK, stuff I've used for years. Um, and GHK is another common copper tripeptide, and they both have studies that show they work. Do you use methylene blue or GHK in OS1? Uh, we did test methylene blue. Um, we didn't test yet GHK. I think uh, we bought once, but I don't know why we didn't test. We, we can do this and I can come back to you with the results. But yeah, as, as you were saying, like we spent like five years during this product development because basically we came with this angle of like trying to understand if aging, let's say that skin aging is a disease, uh, what's causing that disease? Like what's the target that we should, you know, intervene? And then we came with this hypothesis that not only us, but other companies were researching, okay, the accumulation of zombie cells is a very important driver of aging. So let's search for molecules that can decrease the accumulation of zombie cells. And then we need some controls, you know, which other molecules are available that we can compare to see if ours is the best. And I think it's important to highlight that in order to find an ingredient or a molecule that is 
appropriate to be included in a cosmetic, you needed to check several boxes. So, for example, the concentration that that molecule works needs to be a concentration that you can deliver through the skin, right? So our skin is is made of this um, stratum corneum that uh, is a physical barrier that's designed to protect our bodies, you know, against like penetration of big molecules. So if your molecule is big, it won't penetrate unless you do some microneedling or you, you create some kind of, you know, hole in the skin. Uh, so, for example, for methylene blue, we found that uh, it works at a concentration that's a little higher. So it would be very hard or, as you said, like you could have a very interesting color if you were to deliver 50 micromolar into your skin to get to that effective concentration. Um, let, let me translate that um, a little bit uh, for people listening. Methylene blue is a dye that's used surgically. And we figured out about 25 years ago that it stimulates mitochondrial function. And I started using very small amounts of it there. And we now know that you can take more of it orally. You've seen pictures of me with a blue tongue from taking it. And I've talked for years about putting a few drops of it in whatever I'm putting on my face. The issue though, as we're learning here, is that the amount that I'm putting in may not be enough to stimulate collagen synthesis, which is what it does in studies. And what you're saying is you actually studied the amount that would be required and it's dying skin blue. So if I want to look like Braveheart and have young skin, I could do it. But what you're doing with your peptide is lower dose and it can enter the skin. Some of the other things I've tried over the years is, wouldn't it be great just have a collagen facial? Just take some of that collagen protein that I made into a billion dollar market category because it works internally and just like smear it around on your hands and put it on your face it doesn't enter because it's too big of a molecule. So that doesn't work. So what's left? Well, the kind of stuff you're doing. So tell me more about your peptide. Yeah, so our peptide, it's a small enough, enough, so it's made of like 10 amino acids uh, to be able to penetrate into the skin uh, without a more sophisticated delivery system or a more, I would say, invasive uh, procedures such as microneedling or so. Uh, so we have actually tested the penetration, how much of the peptide actually goes into the derms. So one of the studies that we do in our lab, we apply the cream on top of like skin biopsies and we can get this skin uh, from leftover of plastic surgeries. So we can cut small pieces of the skin aside from the one that we can grow in the lab. Uh, we apply the cream and then after 24 hours, we separate the derms from the epiderms and we want to see, we want to measure in the derms that is, you know, the, is the lower layer in the skin, how much peptide gets into the derms. And then we measure through mass spect so we can really quantify uh, how much is really crossing the uh, stratum corneum and getting to the dermal layer. That's when we want to see the collagen production and the stimulation of fibroblasts and so on. Uh, so this peptide has a very interesting profile because it's, a, it's again, it's small enough to penetrate. Uh, it's super safe. We have done all the safety studies. There is no toxicity, no irritation, no, we've done all the recommended studies by, you know, FDA for personal care products. 
and has this beautiful effect of reducing the accumulation of senescent cells and also reduces uh, the release of like inflammatory markers and increase uh, the production of hyaluronic acid, elastin, and uh, collagen. So in the end, it's a molecule that has all these attributes that's very important for you know healthy skin uh, overall. So reducing senescent cells in skin is pretty hard to do. The only other thing I've seen with with great validity for that, other than like intermittent fasting, is going to do some of that systemically, but probably less in the skin because the skin is less responsive than say the GI tract or other organs. Um, is you could use like a prescription drug that has to be compounded. Um, and you, it, it's possible to do that, but it probably has some side effects too. That's the only other option um, that I've seen. And it doesn't do any of the other stuff that you've validated in your studies, like the thickness of the epidermis, better barrier function, so you don't absorb as much from your environment. And instead of trying to smear collagen on your skin, which we just said doesn't work, um, you're turning on collagen genes and hyaluronic acid genes and elastin genes. Um, so this is but basically getting the right signal into the cell to tell the cell what to do um, so that it becomes biologically younger, which is a huge claim and one that I would kind of be like, yeah, right. Um, except that the way you went about creating this and the amount of science you did in order to launch this, this is you know, almost like a new drug, except it's a topical and it's not a drug. Um, is this a peptide that you guys originally synthesized or did you just test a bunch of things out there and the OS1 is a combination of peptides? Like, Tell me a bit more about the ingredients. Yeah, great question. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Um, is this a peptide that you guys originally synthesized or did you just test a bunch of things out there and the OS1 is a combination of peptides? Like, Tell me a bit more about the ingredients. Yeah, great question. Uh, so we started with a library of antimicrobial peptides. Uh, this came from one of our collaborators in Brazil. So a library basically means like different sequences of peptides and uh, we, 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 we put the peptide in contact with skin cells like zombie aged skin cells. And then in the end, uh, we measure like which peptide has performed best in terms of decreasing the number of like aged cells. Uh, and then from this initial screening, we found four hits, or that means four peptides that work the best. And then we created variations of these sequences and we generated another 800 peptides. So in, in order to optimize the effect that we saw in the first round, uh, we use this algorithm that helped us to uh, create a new sequence of peptides. And then we did a second round of screening until we got to OS1. So in the end, OS1 is a novel peptide, it's a novel sequence. There is a um, 70% homology with other peptides in our body, but it's a it's a basically a peptide that we discovered uh, during this uh, development process. Okay, so it, it's a new peptide um, that you, know, you looked at a thousand different things. Said, oh look, we found we found one that does something. So this is like kind of radical new science. But one of the claims you make that is probably the most radical is similar to what David Sinclair. Um, who's a friend who's who's been on the show, the Harvard biologist, who said we can now reverse 
aging inside cells. And that claim in and of itself is like, you would have lost your tenure if you said that 15 years ago, because everyone says, you can't do that. You can't even measure that. And you're coming out and saying in the skin specifically, we can reverse the biological age of skin cells. That means you have to be able to measure the biological age of skin cells to say you can reverse it. We, I've talked with Steve Horvath, who does the Horvath clock, which is our methylation clock for general aging in the body. By the way, I'm 11 and a quarter years younger than my chronological age, so I think some of this stuff works. But you have a different measure for measuring aging in skin. How would you know the biological age of your skin? Yeah, that's a great uh, point. And it's very similar to what Horvath did, uh, but Horvath initially used the tissues or a combination of tissues of the whole body uh, and develop like uh, an algorithm to measure any tissue biological age. What we realized as we were testing and initially we were using Harvard clock is that the accuracy for skin was not very high. Uh, so using or training an algorithm that's um, that was trained only with skin samples that skin specific, we could get to a better accuracy. Even later, Horvath developed like a skin and blood algorithm. And then we went a step further and developed a skin specific methylation algorithm. And then we even have a paper published uh, that we compare uh, with like an external samples how we can predict the biological age of like certain tissues uh, once we know the chronological age. So for example, if I get a piece of your skin and we run uh, the data in our clock and we compare it to Harvard, we, our error, our accuracy is higher. So we should be closer in terms of predicting uh, better your biological age. So what we did once we developed this new algorithm that's specifically trained to measure skin biological age, we uh, isolated the DNA from the skin that we treated with our peptide and with other molecules, and we measure how much we are, you know, reversing the biological age of the skin. And we saw an average of 2.6 years uh, in terms of decrease in the skin biological age with our peptide treatment. Wow. So you developed a new a new molecular clock that's quantifiable, that is real science, and so it's repeatable. And you use that on all of your thousand different samples to see which one of these is actually turning back the clock. So you guys can see why this is kind of an exciting, <laughs> an exciting time in the world because you can even do that kind of science. If you go back you know, 20 or 30 years, which is well within the range of most people alive today, um, this would have been billions of dollars worth of research, literally billions of dollars. And now we're like, oh yeah, we'll just kind of do it. You know, it wasn't that hard. It only took five years. Okay, it was hard. But I'm pretty stoked on on this. So you have this idea of a mole clock uh, for molecular clock um, to test it. And what's the timeline? So if I start using OS1, by the way, I love the name OS01, like I'm a nerd. And so you're in Silicon Valley, like you're speaking my language. Um, the OS01 peptide, uh, how quickly do you see reverses in biological aging of cells? Yeah, another great question. So, so far we have done this in a 
lab setting, so in vitro, as we call. Uh, and this reversal in 2.6 years was in five days of treatment. Obviously, the conditions is very different than using the cream and the amount that will penetrate. So we are now running an, a clinical study in which people or participants are using the cream like for six months up to 12 months, and we are collecting biopsies, and we are going to be able to measure the change in the biological age after six and 12 months. So this should be you know, finishing soon, and then we'll have this data. But so far, we already have, I'd say, one one validation from the lab that in five days, in, you know, certain conditions, we are able to already reverse the skin biological age. So it's a matter of translating to humans and understanding how long it takes in humans to promote that age reversal. After probably a couple of weeks, I, I felt like I noticed a visible difference in my skin. But like, if you look in the mirror every day, um, you're you're going to see you know the same thing. So that's why my kids don't notice that they're getting taller because they look in the mirror every day. But then you know when they see their grandparents or something, like oh my god, you've grown so much. And like no, I didn't. So it's very hard unless you use photos with the same lighting to really know if your skin changed. All right, question um, I'm getting from the Upgrade Collective, my mentorship group who's tuned in live to be able to ask questions. Brown spots, aging spots, are those because of senescent cells? Does OS1 work on those? Walk me through what's going on with brown spots on skin. Yeah, so definitely we have seen that the accumulation of senescent cells is associated uh, with the appearance of dark spots and aging spots. And more specifically, so there is a dysregulation in terms of melanin deposition. And we've done a specific study to evaluate how our peptide can decrease melanin accumulation. And we test against some of the, you know, I'll say the best uh, controls in the in the market, retinoic acid, uh, kojic acid, and our peptide worked very well in decreasing both the secretion or the production of melanin inside the cell, but also decreasing the secretion of melanin outside, you know, the, the fibroblasts or the, keratin, the the melanocytes, in fact, that produce the melanin. But there is obviously um, what we call uh, uh, intracellular signaling uh, happening. And uh, so we, again, short answer, yes, the peptide has shown very good effect in decreasing melanin deposition uh, in melanocytes. Um, and we have seen improvements in our customers as well and from our clinical studies, improvement in the overall skin tone. Okay, so basically it's going to help reduce the creation of those spots. Is it going to reverse brown spots that are there over time, possibly? Yeah, a lot of uh, the way that the peptide works, it's also preventing, because once we have senescent cells, the most detrimental part is the secretion that those senescent cells release, right? They secrete inflammatory factors that cause an increase in inflammation in the tissue and this will start like leading to dysfunction in several pathways including like melanin deposition so once inflammation is decreased or 
since our peptide protects, you know, the healthy cells of this uh, detrimental signal that's coming from the zombie cells, the healthy cells can work better and can decrease the, or they, they can like reestablish the right production of melanin. So it's kind of, you know, bring your tissue to homeostasis again because you are decreasing the bad signals that are being released from senescent cells. And because of that, we are able to decrease the appearance of aging spots. Okay. Um, is uh, the body lotion, the OSO1 body versus OSO1 uh, for the face, what's the difference? Is it just a concentration? What else is going on there? Yeah. Uh, first, the concentration, uh, since our body is not as exposed as our face, uh, to the environmental stressors, we need a lower concentration of peptide to keep our skin healthy and functional. Also, because the skin of the face is a little more delicate, there are certain ingredients that can make your skin a little greasy or it can make you break out. So we avoid those ingredients for the face, but we can include them for the body because they can promote a better hydration. Uh, for example, I mean, ceramides you can still have for, for your face, but depending on the concentration uh, can cause some adverse effects. So we, again, we select the, the ingredients that are helpful for your skin and they're adequate for your body skin compared and the same for your face. But the primary difference is on the concentration of the peptide that's higher on the uh, face product. Um, got it. Uh, and I, I have a fantasy one day of just having a bathtub full of OS1 and I'll just like sleep in it and just marinate and wake up and I'll be like 17 again. Is, is that possible? Well, can you make me yeah, a bathtub full we are, of it? We are working on that. Uh, we had many customers say, can I bathe in this stuff? This is amazing. So yeah, we'll see what we can do about it. But we already created the body product. So we just need like a thousand bottles. And <laughs> there, there we go. All right. that That's the plan. Would you say that you meet the the clean beauty standards where there's a lot of companies who put, you know, hormone disruptors and things like that? What's your take on it? What did you do to, to meet them or do you think they're real? Yeah, definitely safety is number one rule for us. Uh, we just as a reference, we use the EWG score that um uh, shares in terms of safety, which ingredients are safe for your skin. And the average score is 1.02. Uh, it means that the lower, the better. So, and we can clearly see in the experiments that we do in the lab, if the product's not clean, the skin will start like to degenerate. I, we've tested a bunch of products in the market and I don't need to, to mention names, but it's very consistent like the toxic effect. And our product, we... We, we would only bring a product to the market that's bringing benefits, that's improving the health of the skin. Again, we are mostly focused on improving the health and obviously we all want to look good, but this is a consequence of a healthy skin. Uh, so definitely our products very safe and clean. Carolina, thank you for, I, I would say, doing really hardcore science around skin aging. And, and you know, there's lots of things we've talked about on the show about 
lasers and different ways to take care of your skin. You've just gone really deep in the nerdiest level possible of just comparing a thousand ingredients against different kinds of skin over time and doing the scientific method to figure out here's something that works and then presenting a convincing case that it does genetic changes in the skin, thickening of skin, um, that it changes your IL-6 inflammatory cytokine levels and it gets rid of senescent cells. So everyone is going to make some level of investment in taking care of their skin, which could be as simple as, you know, the same bar of soap they use to wash your butt, you wash your face with, which is most guys, let's face it, because the soap forgets it was by your butt by the time it comes to your face. So we just won't think about that. Um, but, uh, and that's probably not the best thing to do for your skin. And then there's people who spend, you know, $500 a month on all sorts of, you know, extracts of, you know, pearl something. And actually pearl can be good for your skin, right? But you don't necessarily know what's going to work until you try it. And we all eventually, after thousands of dollars, um, may end up, okay, I found something that I, I like. But I think we can shortcut a lot of that with just the science you're doing. So if this is probably the most convincing interview I've had on the show about, look, we know this stuff works. So thank you for just doing the hard work. And I actually really like it. And it doesn't have any fragrance. So it doesn't smell bad, which drives me nuts for half the stuff. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you for, you know, the opportunity to uh, share a little bit of our work with your audience. Uh, definitely we are aligned in terms of finding or providing better products. So, you know, we all can age better, healthier, uh, live uh, longer and better. So yeah, this was very fun. Thank you, Dave. Uh, you've got it. And guys, you know, if someone comes on to talk about their product, I always ask for a discount for you. Use code Dave15 at oneskin, O-N-E skin.co, not .com. So just one skin. Use code Dave15 and you'll get a discount. Um, I think there's real science here and I noticed the difference and I wanted you to know about it. So Enjoy. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.